time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces. Time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. Oh, check it out. With Paul. Denny was loving our rendition. Denny's face tells me he'd like us to sing the whole thing like this today. He is smiling so much that it's turned into a frown and he's typing away to correct us on YouTube that he did not enjoy that rendition it's as much. It's okay, Denny boy. Don't worry, Denny. We'll sing for you today. I'll give you a little tickle with our dulcet tones. Uh, Paul, oh, he spoiled it there. You just didn't enjoy as much as Denny didn't enjoy our singing. Your headphones, my headphones, my headphones were just—I couldn't even hear anything. I was having to fiddle with. They're fine now. They're fine. They're working. Apologies. April Can we start Fools. again? April Fools. I Can got you. Stop the recording. Let's start again. Those headphones, the yeah. new ones that you complained I stole. Yeah. They are rubbish, to be honest. And the connection between the wire and the headphones, I always fidget about with them. So you can have them, Sir Paul, and take enjoy them. Away? them. Can enjoy I take them with them. me? We'll take them home. Yeah, you can do whatever you like with them. Sounds good. Uh, have you had a good week since we last saw you? look amazing. I love your shirt. Thank you very much. Making me smile. We're into summer. Someone like to have a bit of a colourful shirt on. May 24th summer for you. Have you been outside? It is pretty warm. Pretty isn't sweaty, it? Betty, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling good. I've, I've had a, I've had a couple of tough days <laughs> in filming videos last two days for hours upon hours. Hours on upon end. hours upon hours. So it's nice to have a bit of a break today. I get to spend time with you, and then tomorrow. Oh. My nose is back to the millstone. Okay, enjoy your time with big old Pete. Uh, big old Pete. <laughs> Who, in heaven's sake, calls you big old Pete? Big old Denny, perhaps, but the, big old Pete? The whole crew down the down the allotments. They call me the big, allotments. Big old Pete. The Hanabujis and Halmanis at the allotments called you big old Pete. Does anyone else call them allotments? I wonder if our American listeners know what an allotment is. To describe that for a listener... From Southeast Asia, what's an allotment, Paul? Would you say? Well, a lot is meant by that word. Uh, it's a it's a place that's not your garden, but yeah. it's your piece of land that you rent or you own that you grow things on, usually vegetables or fruit or whatever. Yeah, we do have those in Korea, like weekend farms. I think they're dumped yeah. You'll here. you'll see them here and there's this sort of little little gated off patch of land mm. with three or four different allotments and no house in sight, yeah. and then you'll see a little old granny coming along and picking her peppers. Say, big old Pete, where's he today? Uh, let's get to today's story, Paul. Yes, uh, well, you know what's happening this Saturday? Uh, what's this Saturday? The 20... I'll count backwards because I know the, Monday's the 29th. It's the man, who, the man who cooks the pancakes coming. Pancake cooker? Yeah, 부처님 오신 날이요. Oh, my God. 
terrible, Paul. Oh my god. Denny's <sighs> laughing. Yeah. Denny's laughing in the other studio. Like Puchida <laughs> can mean to like cook certain things like chan and pancakes, and that is not the day it is. It's Buddha's birthday. Yeah, isn't but it's it? the day Buddha comes, and Puchonim can also mean like the polite way of saying the, the person who's making the pancakes. Okie dokie. Right. Yeah. So it's Buddha's birthday on Saturday. Yes. It's a big day. In fact, it's such a big day we get a day off on Monday. But we don't usually eat pancakes, John, just to confuse. I've people. had a pancake on at on the temple Bu- on oh, Buddha's really? birthday. Yeah. Oh wow. When they have the stalls set out and oh. all sorts of food and there's music going, it's great. A if you're in Korea, pancake. yeah. Nice. If you're in Korea for Buddha's birthday, you have to go to one of the temples, preferably mm. a big one, okay. and enjoy the celebrations. Everyone is welcome. Yeah, so colourful. All those lanterns, like over the top of a courtyard, it's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yes. And our, our producer is making sure that we we say once again Monday is a substitute holiday thanks to the new regulations passed by the government just a few weeks ago. We've already talked about that. She wasn't Big old Pete. Focus. Right. Today's book. Um, I thought, what about Buddha's birthday? And I thought, well, this kind of holiday, like Christmas as well, mm-hmm. is all about being thankful for what we have. Yes. But also about thinking about those less fortunate than ourselves. Of course. And also karma, how our actions mm. affect others and is how it can come back to not us. not a Buddhist or Hindi belief from that part of the world. Exactly, believe, yes, right? karma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 it's the idea of, of, of we, we should be very careful about how mm. we, we behave. So I've got a tale I think is a, quite fitting. It's called Ne Yonghone Umur. A Well in My Soul. It's Ooh. by Che In Sok, and it's translated by Jun Sung Hee. Mm. And it's uh, all about a cell full of prisoners oh. uh, and their life together and also the connection between two of them and where it may lead. Interesting. And the author's name, I don't think I recognise, Che In Sok. Yeah, first time featuring him, uh, but very glad that we can. He was born in Cholabukdo province in Namwon in 1953. Uh, writings in the family. His father was a journalist and mm. he sort of followed in his footsteps. But rather than newspapers and magazines, he went into writing plays. Oh. Debuted as a playwright in 1980. And he was doing that a lot in the 1980s. He even uh, uh, wrote the award-winning screenplay Chilsu and Mansu. Wow. A very famous film that okay. came out in the 80s. And then he made his debut as a novelist in 1986. And sort of as well as writing plays, he transitioned into long and short-form fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won the third Desan Literary Award in 1995 for the collection that this story is in. That nice. is titled um, A Well in My Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really interesting. It's a great story and I think it fits in very nicely this week. Leon says, I'm still confused between the difference between Buddha's birthday and Vesak Day because we celebrate Vesak Day and it's on 2nd of June, a few days different. I wonder, there must be differences between the Buddhism we practice here in Korea and other parts of the world, at least slight differences. Yes. I, I do wonder. There are different Buddhist orders in Korea too. Mm. Um, is Buddha's birthday on the lunar calendar? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's also another thing that mm. may be because with certain holidays like Chuseok and Sola and Buddha's birthday, Mm. We use the lunar calendar and therefore the dates don't change on that calendar, but they do change on the solar calendar every year. Absolutely. Do let us know more about Vesak Day as well. Uh, okay, and the translator, Chong Sung Yi, we've definitely heard from. Oh, yeah. Oh, we've featured over a dozen of her translations wow. in the past. Last time was at the beginning of March, we featured Underwear by Kim Namil. Mm. Another prison story, in fact. Oh. Um, uh, she's an incredible translator. Uh, she translates from Korean to English, but also from English to Korean. Um, and uh, we keep on talking about her autobiography 
biography of uh, President uh, Kim Dae-jung that she translated. We've not featured that yet. We want One our day. hands on it, absolutely. Uh, is this a proper novel or a short story? It's a novelette. Novelette. So Slightly we're gonna... shorter than a novella. <laughs> Pick it up towards the beginning. Uh, yeah, this is almost at the very beginning. Uh, there's a new inmate uh, who's gone into the cell, Gushik, and uh, he sits down next to uh, another inmate. He looked at the inmate sitting beside him to say hello. Kushik was surprised at his number. It was 297, a three-digit number. That meant that he was a long-term prisoner. But they had pushed him into this corner next to the can. Kushik was nearly outraged. There was such a thing as prison etiquette. Paying respect to a long-term prisoner was one of its most basic rules. If his cellmates didn't know this basic rule, then his days in this cell didn't seem too promising. People said it was better to take things as they came. This was especially true of life in prison. 297 looked familiar. Kushik was surprised. He couldn't remember where and when he met the guy, but he was sure that he had met him before. He didn't look as if he recognised Kushik. Gushik could have felt upset about this, but also knew that it might be better this way. That was usually the case when you were a professional thief. He was afraid of meeting familiar faces, especially when he could not remember where he had seen them. The person could have been someone Gushik had met while he was burglarizing. When he couldn't remember, then it was usually safe for him not to let on until he could remember. That is, until he could be sure that the person wasn't one of his victims. Gushik carefully offered his hand to 297 and examined his face. Gushik searched the faces in his mind, his memories as disorganized as the inside of an adulteress's house. Gushik repeated himself. Nice to meet you, sir. My name is Park Gushik. The man turned to look at Gushik. Although he took Gushik's hand, he said nothing. He had a small, slender body, a skeletal face, big eyes and a high and stubbed nose. For some reason he looked as if he was constantly wrinkling his nose. Gushik was sure he'd seen this guy somewhere. He ran through his memories again, but nothing came up. He looked a little over 30, probably about the same age as Gushik. The man had already turned around and was now staring at the wall. Looking at his profile, Gushik felt a chill passing through his chest, for reasons he could not understand. He felt goosebumps and an instinctive sense of self-defense overwhelming his body. Welcome to Arirang Radio. If you are in Jeju, 88.7 in Jeju City. 88.1 in Sogipu City. 101.9 in the Daejeong area. Arirang Radio. 
We've got lots of messages coming in as well. Leon says, let's see how the story progresses. And if he finally realizes where he saw the other prisoner and why he is familiar to him, surely that will come about. I was expecting it all throughout that reading at the very end to say, ah, it was blah, blah, blah. Got to build some tension, Peter. Yeah, you um, did a good job. I've got a message from our writer who says... Yep. Thank you, Paul, for the Buchanim joke. That is the best Ajay gag I've ever heard. Please do more like that. You're the best. Lots We of love, Jackanim. did relay it to our junior writer, and she didn't even say anything as she, she left. Looked, she looked so angry. She looked so very Under the mask, she looked very angry. I don't recommend any of our listeners use that one. It seems there's What? maybe layers. Like, I love it, but maybe for <laughs> Koreans it doesn't work as much. Um, we, Fine. We also had many people talking about temples in Korea. This story is not linked like... Uh, 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 obviously to Buddhism, but we're talking no, about no, karma and that it's, kind it's of It's karma, thing, right? it's about forgiveness, it's about how we treat other people, it's about the sins of the past coming back to haunt us. Mm. So, it seems like this new prisoner, I'm getting the feeling that it's not a good meeting that they might have had in the past. We, yeah, we don't know. He's suspicious and he's not going to reveal himself. Okay. He's not going to say, I think I know you, until he knows who he might be. And Prisoner297 doesn't seem like the type to say, hi, I'm Mr. Blah Blah, we met in... No, he's no. not saying anything. Oh, wow. He's a bit of an oddball. Oh, it's tense. Yeah, and so you've got Gushik, he's, um, he's moved into this cell, and the thing is about Korean prison cells is mm. they're different to oh, some yes. other countries where you basically have something like six to eight people in a cell together. And the cells that I've seen on TV shows, they look much nicer than cells that you might see on American dramas. Like, they've got the heated floor, you kind of all sleep together, it's fairly spacious, there's Nowadays, tables and stuff. Yes, yeah. it's a communal cell, mm. so it's, 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 it's there for you to live together. Mm -hmm. And Gushik is used to this. He's been in and out of prison, so he knows what it's like. And he quickly figures out the cell hierarchy oh. and where he fits in. So okay. there's eight men in, in total in the mm -hmm. cell. There's the chief, there's the food chief, okay. there's the tiger hair, yes. there's the dog hair, okay. uh, and then there's a couple of old men. Right. Um, Gushik, he's used to prison. So he, he thinks, actually, it's not too bad, this cell. Okay. It's not too bad. Mm. The food chief is like sitting next to the toilet. And that's where he meets prisoner 297. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we know if you've got a, if you've got a short number, you've yeah. got a three-digit number and not a four-digit number, you're in for something like murder. Uh-oh. Yeah. And the others say, oh, just ignore him. He's crazy. Don't okay. worry about him. So then uh, he talks to the tiger hair. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know the expression tiger hair? Bomtol. Bomtol. We no. have bomtol and ketol. No. So bomtol, the tiger hair, mm. is the wealthy prisoner. The ah. one who's got the cash. You know it from your time locked up. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the six months I spent. Yeah. And the ketol, <laughs> yeah. the dog hair, is the one who has no money. Ah. Basically the poorest person in the cell. Because families ketol. send in money and yeah. so on. And the tiger hair, well, his name is Deacon Guan. Deacon? He's not a real deacon, okay. but he has found Christ. Oh. He's a con man turned creepy Christian. Okay. Um, and he has it in for another of the prisoners, Dungstar. Dungstar. Who, yeah, who's a younger prisoner who just talks to himself. Uh -huh. um, and then there's these two older guys who are playing paddock, okay. playing a game all the time. They just mm. sort of keep themselves to themselves. And as we go through the story, we learn about each prisoner and their mm -hmm. backstory, how they came in there, what their relationships are. So, for example, the chief of the cell, Jung Tae-son, is the cigarette dealer of the prison. Okay. He's got some contact who smuggles in the cigarettes. Wow. And then he sells it. He's saving up money. Mm -hmm. 
the food chief, the one who organises the meals, yeah. Hang Yuil, is his lover. Oh, okay. So they're together in the cell, even though that's not allowed. And if yeah. they get caught, oh. they'll be severely punished. Oh, dear. Um, and we learn about how if you put up with Deacon Guan, because mm. he's always proselytising, he's okay. always doing his sermons, <laughs> and he's doing it in a creepy way as well, mm. he will treat you to things. Ooh. He uses his money generously, so you might get a little extra food, okay. you might get a cigarette. You might want to suck up to him. Well, the problem is that Guan chases after the younger male prisoners. Oh. And his, his sort of his catchphrase is, if someone wants your coat, you should give them your underwear. What? Because that's what Christ says. That's okay. his thing, you know. You know, we should need to share. Okay. Come share with me. It's very creepy. <sighs> that is incredibly creepy. And he moves from stalking one guy to Dungstar. Mm. But Dungstar has always sort of pushed him away and said no. Oh. So now Guan calls him a psycho <gasps> and treats him horribly. Uh-oh. Yeah, he's a really nasty fellow. Mm. And then we learn about Prisoner 297. Yep. His name is Shim Youngbae. Mm. He's already been inside for eight years. <sighs> He's in for murder. Uh-oh. He's a friend, sort of, with Dungstar, but mm. he doesn't really talk. Okay. Um, and Dungstar, when he talks, he just talks to himself. Right. Or if he is talking to anyone else, he's trying to recite this old poem where they get his nickname from. Oh. Um, and the chief is looking after them. It's not a bad cell. Okay. They're getting on, you know, this, he hands out the cigarettes and he doesn't want any trouble mm. because if someone's caught, they'll search the cell, he may lose his cigarettes <sighs> and then he's going to lose his chance to make money. Okay, he wants everything calm. Yeah, but the problem is that one day there is trouble. <gasps> a pair of Deacon Guan's pants go missing. Like, not trouser pants, not but British underwear. underwear pants. His underwear goes <gasps> missing and he starts accusing the other prisoners. <sighs> Let's see what happens. Stand up and take off your pants, he ordered. He wanted to see their underwear. Kim Young-gi stood up first and pulled his pants down. He was wearing a dirty pair of shorts. Deacon Guan giggled and said, <laughs> Please change your underwear more often. What is that you're wearing? An old man like you? <laughs> Kim Young-gi also laughed, and Jung Tae-san and Hang Yu-il laughed aloud too. Everyone began to hope that this would all end as a big joke. Dongstar stood up and pulled his pants down. There were holes in his shorts, so it was clear that they weren't Deacon Guan's. Still, Deacon Guan insisted that he should check their brand himself. It was a different brand from that of his shorts. Fine, you can put your pants back on, Deacon Guan laughed, or you can take off the rest of your clothes. Surprisingly, Dungstar replied, Don't you always tell us, if someone wants your coat, give him your underwear too? Everyone burst into laughter. Only Dungstar and Shim Young Bae didn't laugh. No, there was one more person who didn't laugh. It was Deacon Guan. His face flushed. Before Dungstar could react, Guan leapt onto Dungstar like a madman. He smacked him right in the face and Dungstar crashed into the ground. Deacon Guan began to stomp on Dungstar's prostrate body. The chief decided that it was too late for him to stop him. He looked at the food chief and spat out, Blanket! The food chief shot up, took a blanket down from the pile in the corner of the cell and covered Dungstar and Deacon Guan, still struggling on the floor. 
This was a measure to prevent their voices from escaping to the corridor, keeping them from tipping the prison guards about the fight. But Dungstar only moaned. It was Deacon Guan yelling. He cursed like a madman and kept pummeling Dungstar with his hands and feet. Suddenly, they all heard a dog barking loudly somewhere. Surprised, everyone turned to see where the barking was coming from. It was Shim Young Bay. He was barking like a dog again. You couldn't tell it wasn't a dog. Everyone forgot themselves and looked at him. He growled this time. His face twisted up and he even looked like a dog. Shim bared his teeth, his molars, his fangs, even his gums. Drops of saliva spurted out of his mouth. Even his face suddenly turned dark red. His eyes shone like a luminary. At least, in that moment, he was a dog, not a human being. He looked like a dog to everyone there. It was at that moment that he attacked Deacon Guan. It seems like he's defending his friend Dungstar as a dog. That's a little odd. So I don't feel there's going to be a good ending for Deacon Guan there. It seems like Shim's got a bit mad. Yeah, nobody knows what's going on. They've never seen him act like this before. He's just sort of kept himself to himself. Uh -huh. um, the thing is, he doesn't, it doesn't actually bite him. Oh. But he's sort of threatening him and advancing and growling. And he gives Dungstar a chance to recover, uh -huh. to get away. And then it's done. And that night, Dungstar finally accepts Guan's advances. Oh, no! And he goes under his comforter. No! But after that, he becomes more withdrawn. He refuses to have anything to do with Guan after that. Mm. Um, sort of showing with his body language, I was forced into that situation. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm not. I can't be bought. I'm not a commodity. Okay. And then when Guan tries to humiliate Dungstar again, Shim suddenly starts to talk. Oh. Doesn't bark like a dog. This time he talks about the history of dogs and the biology of dogs as Dungstar is crying. Okay. And he talks and talks with all these facts, all this information, and then he stops. And that's it. Uh-huh. But at that very moment, that's when Gushik, mm -hmm. the new prisoner, realizes where he knows him from. Oh. This clicks in his brain. Mm -hmm. Shim killed Yushik's friend and accomplice eight years oh, ago. Wow. You see, his friend was a dog butcher at his own restaurant. Yeah. And the two of them heard about this training school, mm -hmm. the Happy Dog School. Uh-huh. And Shim was working there. All right. And they visited. They were like, oh, we have a dog. We want to know about the training. You know, maybe he'll be training here. But really, they were scoping it out. <gasps> Come back in the night. They steal seven dogs. Uh-oh. Shim appears at his friend's restaurant two days later with a jindo. You know, the really protective, fierce dogs. Yeah. Uh, the jindo's called Gildong, and he demands his dogs back. Of course, they're already long gone. Oh, that's terrible what they um, did in the first place. Yeah, and then he trashes the restaurant. Uh -huh. But that means he gets arrested, and he gets sent to prison for six months. And while he's away, Gushik and his friend are like, well, he's inside. There's all those dogs. Let's make a profit. No! And so when Shim is released and he finds out what's happened, he deals with the dog butcher. Oh, wow. And he gets 15 years in prison. That's why he's there. Okay. He's halfway through his sentence. Goodness. That night, after this incident, Dungstar takes his own life. No! 
And his cellmates find him in the morning and they are just shocked. They didn't mm. expect this. And they're waiting for the guards to come. They don't know what's going to happen. And Shim suddenly starts talking about his life, about how he grew up and how he was taken in by the owner of this dog training school and how, mm. how much the dogs meant to him. That they were his kids. Yeah. And they were better and they were purer than humans. Doesn't bode well for Gushik, does it? If Shim knows who he is, does or, he know who he is? Does it? Gushik <sighs> now knows, but does Shim know? I don't really want to hear the third part. I'm a bit scared, but we'll get to it. Now, all about Korea. Arirang Radio. There was a well, a very small well, where there was always clean water. Maybe it was a spring and not a well. At night, my kids drew pictures on it, although they disappeared instantly. They were still pictures. Do you know there are flares in the eyes of dogs? You can't see them during the day, but you can see them at night. Their eyes shine blue. Red and yellow. They are the colors of their souls. I had them stand around the well, and then I ran and jumped high over the well first. Then my kids ran and jumped high over the well, one after another, one night after another, and from all directions. Then the lights from the eyes of the dogs trailed and crossed each other over the well, painting a fantastic picture. Like a firework show. The darkness was the background. I looked at the picture their souls painted while my kids happily played. I lived like that too. I could keep on living like that. My Kongji, Pachi, Sodong, Sonhua, Yangiri, Yangwoni, Kokjongi, and Gildongi. All of them could. Youngbei suddenly stopped. He looked around the room as if looking for something. He stared at Gushik for a while. Gushik avoided his eyes. Youngbei's eyes looked back to the air as if he was dreaming. Gildongi found the rag that you wrap pork with. I wandered around with Gildongi for two days until I found your restaurant. When I realized that you had already murdered the dogs and sold their meat, I. Still, I didn't even touch your friend. I just broke things in the restaurant. I paid for it too, by serving a prison term. You two know each other? Kim Young-gi asked. Young-gi could be quick as a mouse, making quick judgments thanks to his frequent prison stays. Gushik didn't respond. When I returned home after finishing my prison term, only rubbish remained. My kids were all gone. They wouldn't have left, no matter what. Even if they went out for food, they would have certainly come back. But your friend dragged them all away. He murdered them. He beat them, singed them, skinned them, chopped them with a knife and left only ruins. That beautiful place was so Cruelly 
Pugyushik stammered. I, I, I don't know anything about any of that. I, I didn't go with him then. I, I, only, I only heard from my friend. kind of feel for the dog guy. Of course. Yeah. No. What do you mean kind of feel, well, big no, old Pete? You Pete's? shouldn't murder, murder people, of course. That's not okay. They but killed his children. They, yeah, to him his, it was his They children. were his children. He lost his whole family. He was brought up by the guy who ran the centre. Yeah. The, the thing I didn't mention, mm. these dogs at the training centre... A lot of them, their owners didn't come back and collect them. Oh. They just abandoned them oh, there. No. He was their father. Yeah. He looked after them. Really well, it seems. Yeah. And trained them. And yeah, he had to go to prison. He didn't even hurt the guy for killing the No, first he only trashed the restaurant and he went to prison for it. I'm so conflicted about how I should feel about a murderer now. So what happens next? Well, the guards arrive. Okay. And they start searching the cell, they pull it apart, they find all sorts of contraband, they find the cigarettes, they beat the prisoners. <sighs> and Shim, well, he turns back into dog mode again. Oh. He's growling and barking and they're hitting him. And the cellmates are all split up. The chief is put into solitary, mm -hmm. he's been disciplined. Shim doesn't talk again. He only barks and he's sent off to a hospital, oh, to a psychiatric ward. Gushik wonders about him. Mm. He doesn't think Shim's crazy... But maybe it's just that Shim wants to be a dog. Mm. He wants to go back to that school, to the old days, to when he was happy. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really shocking, really sad story. It's, it's about how your life can go to ruin and also about how one incident, one moment in your life can change the course of your life forever. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's such a really, I don't know, emotional tale. It's hit me in the feels today. And I guess for many foreigners who read the English translation, they'll get an insight into Korean prisons they might not have had the chance well, to see at all. This is the thing. It's a, it's a very different way of um, living in prison, of mm. serving your time. Um, I, I'm going to recommend a book that's not a Korean book. It's oh. by uh, an American author. His name is Cullen Thomas. It's mm -hmm. his autobiography. It's called Brother One Cell. Yeah. Um, and back in the 90s, he was very stupid and he got involved with drug smuggling. And he was caught in Korea. He was arrested. Oh, in Korea. And he served several years in a Korean prison when oh. times were much harder. They had no heated floor back there. He got frostbite. Oh, dear. But it's a really good book if you want to know what prison life was like in the 90s and how he had to learn to fit in with the Korean gangs. Because the Korean gangs at that time were basically running the prison. Sure. Not in a violent way, but mm. they were just they were sorting everything out. So I'd recommend that as well if you want companion reading. Um, but also it's a, it's a reminder that, you know, dogs are better than humans. <laughs> Is that the moral of the story? It's my one-line review. Yeah. A reminder that though humans think of ourselves as the most advanced species, animals can be much purer of heart and more loyal than us. Yeah, they don't get caught up in a lot of greed and all that kind of jazz. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for that really interesting read today. Uh, thanks to everyone. Thanks, as always, to Asia Publishers for the help with copyright permission for this broadcast. And thanks to Che Yin-suk for his story and to Jun Sung-hee for her translation. I will be back next week with another translation. It's going to be Ascending Scales by Kim Eran. It's online for free. It's translated by Jamie Chang. That's Ascending Scales by Kim Eran. Have a fabulous week, Paul, and we'll see you next Wednesday. I will see big old Pete next Wednesday morning. <laughs>
you can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Arirang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.